0: You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 73, with Mark Goblowski.
1: Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former Army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael.
0: Oh, aloha, Men of Abundance, what is going on in your world today? I would love to hear from you. You should know by now that you can get in on the conversation in our private Facebook group and you can get access to our private Men of Abundance community on Facebook at menofabundance.com just click on the members only tab at the top of the page it'll take you right there it'll give you the information about our upcoming men of abundance society which i'm super excited about so many people are standing by and waiting for this and if you want to get first dibs at that and be a founding member you definitely want to become a member of our private Facebook group i recognize some of you are not on Facebook so if you still want to be a founding member just shoot me an email at wally at menofabundance.com. I'll make sure you get the information so you can be a founding member of our Men of Abundance Society. Now I wanna get right into our conversation today and I'm here to tell you, this is the toughest conversation I've had so far. My conversation with Mark today is most definitely going to test your emotions. You're gonna get angry. You're gonna get pissed off. You might even shed a tear or two and I'm not ashamed to tell you that I certainly did during this conversation. I got a little bit choked up mark got quite choked up and you'll see why in just a minute this is one of the most heart-wrenching kick in the gut moments that i've heard so far but what he's doing with that is just nothing short of beautiful and very very abundant our featured guest today is an air force veteran career martial artist professional author, podcaster, and entrepreneur. He is on a mission to help others to overcome the obstacles in their life based on his own life experiences. And he's going to share just a few of those experiences with you. Men of Abundance, I'm very honored to introduce you to Mark Gablowski. Mark, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great and thanks for having me as a guest, Wally. Appreciate it.
0: My pleasure, my pleasure. And we got to give uh, Karen Schwab some love, man, and, and interview Valet because uh, they have sent me some very amazing people to have these conversations with, and I just can't say enough about them.
1: You know, I've had uh, pretty much the same experience. Um, they have sent me some amazing stories. Uh, that are encouraging and hopeful and help people experience abundance and prosperity mentally physically emotionally spiritually they're awesome over at interview valley and karen uh, she's just the best
0: yeah she is absolutely and uh, i've had tom on the show and uh tom schwab karen's husband Mm -hmm. and just an amazing amazing individual i love watching his live feeds on facebook uh so yeah i just got to give them some love today
1: yeah, he's great. He's an awesome guy.
0: Indeed. Where are you at?
1: I'm in Nebraska.
0: I have not been in Nebraska. I have not been much <laughs> in that part of the United States. I've been all over the world and all over the mostly the, the West Coast and just a little bit up on the East Coast. But I uh, have not been deep up into there.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I did not grow up here. I grew up in Northeast Ohio right on Lake Erie, mm-hmm. uh, about 25 miles east of Cleveland, tiny small town. Uh, you spent some time in the military and, and this happened to be my last duty station so I put down roots here.
0: Isn't that amazing? Yeah that's how it happens actually this was my last duty station as well uh, so it was easy well. to just stay right here in Hawaii. Well easy in some regards.
1: <laughs> well I'd have to say you won the last duty station battle contest
0: <laughs> indeed indeed and this was this was tour number two which it rarely happens for people to get to Hawaii in the first place even you know I know you're Air Force and we're going to get into that we have Hickam right down the street but mm-hmm. um but uh i had an opportunity to come here twice and i've been here six years at this point so yeah i can't complain none whatsoever so you know before we get started in the show mark i like to start the show out with an attitude of gratitude basically the same way i start pretty much every morning so what do you have to be grateful for today
1: you know i i'm grateful for of all things a body that can heal um i went through two surgeries in the last 60 days um One of them a major and they were both for two different things and i'm just so grateful that there's medicine out there and there's doctors and there's ways of dealing with you know real big issues in our lives and that this uh community of uh medical practitioners professionals one can help us and two that our bodies are just so amazing at healing um yeah, because I was in a bad spot a couple of months ago, health-wise. I could hardly get off the floor. I was in so, pain, so much pain and so weak. And, you know, just getting something fixed, man, it can turn your life around uh, in a big, powerful way. So, these days, I'm just really grateful for this body and how it's working.
0: That's a... Mouthful. That's. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I've been in a similar situation, and I'm not going to get into it here. But you're absolutely correct. The body can completely heal itself, and and I've been in the health and fitness industry for quite some time, and I was an army medic for 25 years. So you know I have a little bit of uh, you know knowledge in this area, and I still work in a in a medical facility. As a matter of fact, at Tripler. But the body can heal itself if you treat it right. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for, you know, our, our doctors and, and how far we've come with medicine and whatnot, but I just, I'm a strong believer in just really taking care of your body, feed it right, move regularly, drink a lot of water and, you know, just get the right nutrition in your body and it will correct itself. It's just amazing.
1: Agreed absolutely.
0: Yeah, so before we got started in the show here I talked a little bit about you, but really I like to hear it directly from you Mark So you know at this point I'd like for you to get a little bit personal Let's find out who Mark is and a little bit more than what you've already shared with us
1: Yeah, great. Um, You know uh, Currently I'm a um, Career martial artist. I I teach martial arts for a living and have for full-time since 1990 so you know we're approaching 28 years 27 years uh besides that i've become a podcaster and an author but uh you know my biggest and most important job as far as i'm concerned is raising my son josh um you know while i love the martial arts and i love what it does for me and i love what it you know does for others that's why i share share it with people Uh, My biggest responsibility these days is just making sure my 15-year-old son is, you know, prepared for the world. Um, So, life is good. I have a couple hundred students. Uh, Stay pretty busy. Um, I've taken up writing as well. I've got a book that's going to be coming out soon. Um, So, yeah, I guess podcaster, author, career martial arts professional, teacher, and dad. Oh, and husband. Sorry. (laughs) Don't want to leave anybody Man, out. Man, don't
0: <laughs> want to leave that one out, that's for sure. <laughs> don't, don't want know. to make that mistake. <laughs> and I don't know if... And
1: she can... She can run on autopilot pretty much. You know, well, she doesn't need me. So yeah, my yeah, son.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's I agree with that. Um, but I don't know if if your wife listens to your shows or not. Mine does not. So I could say just about anything, and every once in a while I'll say, you know, you really should go listen <laughs> to some of the shows. <laughs> but and she just she hears me all day long. So she don't need to hear there me on go. a podcast, man. But um, dude, I really dig the martial arts. I've never. I've never just. I've just never done it. I've just never taken the time. I started getting mm. my kids into it. My my oldest, he wants my seventeen-year-old. He wants to get into it right now as well. Um, and I've known guys throughout my life that uh, you know were in it from a young age in uh, martial arts. And I just love the discipline. I love the you know you see all the great stuff on the movies. That's one thing. But I know the discipline that you get from that and that you're teaching is. It just stays with you for life. I just th- that's the thing that I really get from the whole practice of anything like that.
1: Yeah, you know, the martial arts is a powerful tool for delivering things like self discipline, self control, uh, respect, and an, an indomitable spirit. Like this, never, never say die, never quit, never give in. I don't. I don't mean giving. I don't mean that in the negative way, like you're being headed. That's it, the martial arts is the opposite. But to never mm-hmm. give up, I guess, uh, in a worthy cause. So, yeah, there's so many powerful byproducts of training the, uh, you know, in the physical side of the martial arts. But you really need a good teacher. So I wish you well on that search for your your boy. Is he interested in like MMA stuff, Jujitsu, or? traditional arts yeah
0: specifically jujitsu that's specifically what he's been looking at and he can't get into the course he can't get into it until he's um something about over here in hawaiian it's with the school i believe he's been talking about it and that he has to attend uh five um i don't know if it's five meets or whatever five events Uh, before he can actually be accepted i'm guessing that they want him to see what it really is before he commits to it which is a smart thing to do yeah
1: absolutely yeah no you're right and it's good for you it's good for him and it's good for the school because it sounds like that school has got some integrity and they don't want to treat this like it's just another activity where you know sometimes we jump into things and we jump out uh they that sounds like maybe they're Pretty serious about uh, the integrity of their school.
0: Yeah, I thought so too. I thought the same thing. So we're definitely looking into that. Now, you know, I've looked at your bio and I've looked at your background. You're uh, Air Force veteran, and thank you for your service. I, I don't take that lightly at all. Um, and I've looked, you know, I've looked over your podcast and stuff, and some of the guests that you've had on, guys that I personally know, Matt Miller, um, Aaron mm-hmm. Walker. Uh, Matt Miller's another veteran, Air Force veteran, pilot former pilot some amazing men that you've talked to but and you've talked to a lot of people who had some real struggles and I love uh the the name of your podcast it's just it it hits home with exactly everything that I'm all about um which is strength through the struggle I just absolutely love that but I know you've had struggles of your own uh, based on what I the little bit that I know about you already. So I'd like for you to share that kick in the gut moment with us and, uh, you know, kind of help us feel that a little bit.
1: Um, you know, the the biggest kick in the gut moment for me was uh, 11 years ago. And I'm, this is the biggest one. I had some growing up too that, you know, left a mark, but This one involved my son, Joshua. He was three and a half years old at the time, and uh, he was riding in the backseat of his mother's Chevy Cavalier. Uh, One Friday morning, beautiful clear day in August, and a semi-truck moved into their lane and hit the car, which sent it spinning across five lanes where when it came to a stop another semi-truck plowed into it um so he was the victim of a hit and run uh collision with two semi-trucks uh when he was three and a half and he's 15 now and that uh you know that'll take the wind out of your sails real quick um you know it's hard i mean it's even hard to Talk about it. Like, I just noticed my voice changed. I did. Like, everything, my mm-hmm. whole body just changed, just thinking about that day and getting the phone call and going to the hospital and just going through that whole experience. That was a living hell.
0: Yeah, man, I can't um, thank you enough for sharing that with us. I know it's hard and uh, I'm feeling it because I got three boys and I mm-hmm. couldn't imagine ever, I mean, how when they have a cold you know what? i can't breathe through the night that's that's painful uh, i couldn't imagine um uh, the the damage that that caused for you and your family uh how did you come out of that i mean where did where did that take you guys you and your family
1: you know it uh took me to the pits you know i mean you you know when when somebody you love or um is that close to you and they get hurt to that level he ended up you know, with a massive traumatic brain injury, both hemispheres, all the lobes, the brain stem. I mean, he was actually the rehabilitation doctor that um, eventually took him in and spent three months with him inpatient in a different hospital, uh, described him as neurologically devastated. Now, it's a good thing I didn't see that when we were going through it because I don't know how I would have processed that level of information. Um, but he spent four full months in a hospital, uh, comatose for 34 or 35 days. And just my experience with comas, it's not like on TV where, you know, when they're out of the coma, they wake up and, you know, they ask for pizza and a deck of cards or something. that was not our experience. He was no different on the day They diagnosed him non-comatose than he was the day before. Um, He couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. He couldn't eat. He couldn't lift a finger. Um, He was actually so devastated that a newborn baby had a better chance of surviving. Like a a one-second-old baby had a better chance of surviving than he did. He was on life support. It was... um, it was tough, you know, and sitting in a hospital for four months, 24-7, eating there, showering there. I'm telling you what, man, that'll suck the energy out of you. But you do what you got to do because that's your kid, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to dig deep. You got to find the strength or the energy or, you know, the fortitude to be able to press on because now they're in a condition that they can't, they can't do for themselves anymore. You know, a three-and-a-half-year-old can't do a lot anyhow but you know they can't breathe anymore they can't walk anymore and um yeah so it left him in a bad spot and it took us to a to a difficult place but you know you just you put one foot in front of the other you know this is so important this is so critical that you show up because somebody else's life is really depending on it so you got to find a way to do it
0: yeah and that age is my favorite age i just they're they're learning they're growing they're just the yep. cutest little buttons you just want to squeeze them yep. to death man and yep. and to, i know at some point you couldn't even hardly hold him because of the you know everything that was going on around him and everything not the way you wanted to anyway um man yeah
1: you know i it was um he was still in the icu i think it had been over a week uh which was the first time I could get him out of the bed and the nurse let me hold him in that chair man and I'm telling you that was a that was a great moment you know because you can have that connection again even though he's in like this different state um, it, it made it normal you're in an ICU and he's unconscious and the doctors don't know what's gonna happen and it for that moment it was normal again but yeah
0: yeah wow who thanks for sharing that that's yeah I can imagine I feel that I definitely feel that so um how's he doing now
1: you know he in so many ways he's doing great he's 15 um, they never they never predicted that he would walk talk or eat again they actually believed he would end up in a long-term care facility and probably pass on within the first couple of years matter of fact he was so bad off his his uh, pediatrician came to the ICU you know to, as a as his pediatrician and 5 years later i asked her what she thought when she showed up and she says well and she hesitated and i said no please tell me what you thought because i knew what i had seen in all the doctor's eyes and she said well you know i was just hoping that he would pass right there because i knew what was in store for you guys and it wasn't going to be easy for anybody especially him so that being said he's walking he's talking he's eating um you know if you were to see him walking down the street you would you would look at him and go hey there's something not right there you know you could see that there's something wrong with the way he moves his balance is compromised his dexterity is compromised he's Uh, you know he's got intellectual uh, delays and some deficits and there's some emotional uh, stuff meaning and some immaturity things he he doesn't have outbursts or anything but um, he's he's amazing he has this beautiful sense of humor Uh, he's a typically developing 15 year old boy in some ways and other ways you know we're dealing with a six-year-old briefly for moments here and there he can read on about a first grade level Um, He's probably going to have to have somebody with him, you know, live with somebody Um, throughout his life. He'll probably probably not be able to remember to turn off the stove and those types of things. But he brightens up the room, man. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, brightens (laughs) up the room.
0: That's wonderful, man. That's wonderful. You know, I want to go down a road that is kind of difficult as well. And I'm curious to what your thoughts are on it. I think I have, I know my answer based on what I know of you, but have you ever thought about the driver, the other driver?
1: Um, you know, I used to be in the beginning, the news reporters were coming around and I'd tell, they'd ask a similar question. I'd say, you know, I, um, you know, I just want to know why he didn't stop. I mean, I, you know, that's all I want. I don't care about anything else. And, Um, You know, I could forgive him. I just, you know, wish he'd say he was sorry. And um, about six or eight weeks in, no, about eight or ten weeks into the event, I got word from somebody who spoke to somebody else who had called a tip-in. They thought that they knew the guy who was driving the truck. And And the guy had parked his truck like the week my son got hurt, and it hadn't been out of the garage since then. And so this guy suspected his buddy of it, called the cops. Somehow I got that information. The truck was maybe 40 miles from here. And the day I got that information, all my forgiveness disappeared. And I thought to myself, what if I just drive to that town and find him? But you know what? Two things. One, uh, I was too scared of how I would respond. And two, it wasn't the guy.
0: Mm.
1: So what if I would have gone and pulled some bonehead move and confronted him? And he here was this innocent man... And who knows what I would have said or done. But, uh, yeah, I used to think I could forgive him. And I think I have. And I have a thousand times over. But uh, that moment when I thought I I knew who he was, my heart briefly turned to stone. So I'm just being honest, man.
0: (laughs) I'm not proud of
1: it. I'm not proud of it but I'm being honest.
0: No, and uh, that's a normal reaction. I'd, I'd, I'd feel the same way. I'd never been in that situation, but I just can't imagine where I would be in my head um, with that information and, and when I would be able to confront that individual. So, you know, it's that's why you're living the abundant life that you are today, because, you know, it seems like you haven't really... You, you definitely want to be able to completely forgive this the actions of this individual who you don't even know and probably will never come in contact with because he or she's out there living their life doing whatever the heck they're doing or maybe they're traumatized by it too. We don't know we just don't know but um, you know I'm not an advi- I'm not a counselor or anything like that but I just know once we let that go because there's nothing we can do with it, other than evil other than just like you said your heart turned to stone then uh, what until we let that go we just can't live we can't live you can't live for your son and you know if you were to go do something stupid then you know you've given up your chances of being that caretaker and being that father that you need to be for your son so yeah i commend you for that that's tough to deal with man
1: well you know i just um as a reminder to myself i just wrote down three words let it go
0: yeah yeah, So somebody came into your life uh, at some point and, and kind of pulled you out of this dark space. Can you talk a little bit about that pivot point?
1: Yeah, you know, I, um, I was really taking care of my son almost 24-7, and my energy was drained. This was four years after the accident, and it had just been grueling because even when he got out of the hospital, he had to go to 12 appointments a week. For months so it was just emotionally draining financially draining spiritually draining physically draining but anyhow i realized i was i i needed to get some sort of help and a buddy of mine was uh who has two kids with disabilities mentioned a, a conference to me and when he told me about that conference and he gave me that brochure I looked over the brochure, and on the back of it, it said uh, one of the sessions was something called "Good Grief," and it's not the Charlie Brown good, Brown Good (laughs) Grief. It's the, it's the like grief. We got to find a way to making it good. And when I saw that, I knew I had to go to this conference. Um, And fortunately, my buddy was going the same time, and and so I went there for a weekend. And man, that conference really shifted. Um, things for me internally, you know, mentally and emotionally, so that I could see the world with hope again, you know, an abundance of hope. Like, not just enough to get me through the next day or week, because at that point, I didn't know how I was going to get through the next month. I I had that thought, like, I don't know how I'm going to get through the next month. But when I went to that conference and I saw other people that were struggling with different types of situations for their own kids, their kids with disabilities – it made me realize I'm not alone in this and if they could get through it as they told some of their stories well if they could get through what it was they were going through then I can get through this I don't know how exactly but it just gave me hope to know that there's other people that have navigated their way out of a big crisis, a tragedy in their life regarding their children none of them had kids with TBIs or traumatic brain injuries but they were all going through something and man that second when you realize you're not alone in this world and that you really do have what it takes to get through to the other side have changed everything because what I've learned when hope disappears so does action mm. I mean we like quit taking action when hope disappears and so you know I would call out to anybody just a suggestion that if you're pursuing, trying to pursue abundance, I would pursue an abundance of hope first. And if you've quit taking action, then maybe you've lost hope. And, and step back and take a look and refine that hope so that you can start taking action again.
0: Wow, that's powerful. I love that. Absolutely. Uh, definitely find an abundance of hope. I absolutely love that. So, um at this point you know you're you're coaching and you're speaking and what is that doing for you and other people that you're coaching and speaking to
1: well you know it's moving it moves my spirit to know that i'm not wasting my pain you know and that's one of the things i teach is don't waste your pain but to know that whatever it is that josh and i have gone through and are and continue to go through cuz this is not like a broken bone that heals and boom you're you know everything's better mm-hmm. We're still going through, it and we and there's new struggles and things that pop up for us weekly. But it it it's encouraging to me that what I've experienced, I can help other people overcome their problems, their challenges, their struggles, their past, whatever, as a result of this pain that I experienced. And so it 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 buoys me up. I mean, it actually feeds my soul as I'm trying to help other people and the the whole origin of my podcast is the fact that I did go through this and I wanted to create something that I could have consumed back then like I wished I, there was a, a place where I could have gone and been encouraged to persevere to press on to never give up or give in because I'm hearing stories of other people who either through a health crisis or a, a tragic accident um a financial collapse uh, a spouse walking out and leaving you with a handful of kids that they found ways to you know press on and figure that figure it out you know figure out the solution to their problem and then make the best of it so yeah uh it, i don't want to say it's been a blessing blessing you know it's like i wouldn't write this into my life but uh in a script, but. Uh, You know, it's taken me a place where I'm pretty happy now.
0: Well, no, and I heard this somewhere before. Somebody else said this, but uh, it was somebody on one of my shows a while back, and they said, Turn your mess into your message. And it's extremely powerful, and we can go over and over and over of so many wonderful things that people are doing because of their prior mess or their current mess that they're still in and most people that are get in a mess the mess is with them as part of them It's who they are but when you're sharing that one it helps you kinda deal with it and then at the same time you're lifting somebody else up and like that conference did for you it's showing that you're not alone and while the circumstances aren't exactly the same they are very similar and as long as you have people around you the right people around you that are there to lift you up and help you along, in one way or another, uh, any anything from just, you know, coming over and, and letting you sleep for a couple hours, you know, sitting right. sitting in the living room with your son and letting you sleep for a couple hours, and you know that there's you know your son is safe. That little act of kindness, that little just few minutes, you know, an hour or so can mean the world. You know and get you rejuvenated and stuff and show you that there is beauty in the world and there's abundance in the world and that's what this is all about so i see yeah. you and i have conversations long after this podcast mark
1: oh absolutely yeah. and i just you know having been on that side like on the dark side of the struggle i just want to piggyback on that thought that you just brought out you You really can make a huge difference in a person's life who is struggling with something by just being there. Mm -hmm. A little act of kindness to help that person understand that there's somebody else there helping to lift the load and endure that burden with or just walk alongside. I'm telling you guys, whoever's listening to this, you can change somebody's life. You can change their outlook for how they see the world. So yeah uh, yeah. go out there and do it man
0: absolutely so how did the podcast get started what made you make that decision to do that
1: you know i just sat back and um I, I wanted to encourage people and i realized podcasting was one way to get into people's heads get into their ears and share a message of hope and opportunity and strength um so one day and trust me, I stewed about it for a long time, but eventually I realized, man, that my mess could be my message. Like my struggle could could show people that they can gain strength in their own. And so eventually, I, it probably took me about eight months. No, it was actually, it was almost a year from the time I thought about it till I finally pulled the trigger. Um, Because I had absolute clarity at that point about what I was going to do, not how, not exactly every step, but like, I need to get this message out there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you're you're also helping quite a few people um, that are sharing their message as well. Uh, Tanner Gears, one of my early, early guests and a really good friend at this point. We've known each other for, you know, I've been, it seems like forever, quite frankly, I've only been podcasting myself for about six months but tanner Hmm. was one of my earlier guests and uh him and i just stay in contact through social media and we and we talk back and forth messaging and stuff like that uh i really create some amazing connections Uh, with these men. Aaron Walker is another guy that I stay in contact with and uh, Mm -hmm. just just amazing building amazing relationships and connections and then connecting other people in fact I've got somebody I want to connect you with when we get uh, a couple people actually when we get done here
1: Uh, yeah you know I think um, helping people deliver their message is just another opportunity to create hope and strength in this world and so the work that you're doing sharing people's stories you know, it buoys you up, but it also is buoying up everybody who's out there listening. So hats off to you, Wally. I think you're doing great work.
0: Oh, thank you. I really I really do appreciate that. And uh, I'll mention his name, the guy I want to get you in contact with specifically. There's a couple other folks, but have you heard of David Sanderson?
1: No, I have not. So
0: David Sanderson, his episode, I had a conversation with him, and I've talked with him offline a couple times. Uh, he, His episode will be airing uh, February 16th. But David Sanderson was the last passenger to get off the plane that landed in the Hudson. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he is an amazing—he was—how did I get in contact with him? I heard him on a podcast, and I just contacted him. He called me out of the blue. I didn't even know who it was. Mm. He goes, Wally, this is David. I was like, who? He goes, this is David Sanderson, (laughs) man. And then the name hit me when he said his last name. I was like, David, what's going on? We talked for like an hour, just had a conversation. But he's got an amazing story other than just that event. But that event, it was a great conversation, and that'll be coming up on 16th of February. But I'm going to get you in contact with him because he's also got, then he in turn got me in contact with Kay Wilkins, who is the CEO of the American Red Cross, the southern region. And uh, the Pacific, she's, you know, and and again, the Red Cross does amazing things for people. So I I bring that up because through this podcasting and through this venue and sharing my message and sharing other people's um, abundant stories uh, has just connected me with some amazing people. And it's truly enriched my life over the last six months for sure.
1: Well, I look forward to connecting with anybody you might suggest, my friend, because I'm sure they're quality people. They are. Yeah, I'm excited.
0: Cool. Yeah, so, okay. So, Mark, at this point, we are ready to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Yes, sir. All right. So give men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today.
1: Okay. Number one, I would say connect. Connect with other men who are in a place where you are, would like to be and connect with men where you can actually provide some value to them. So those two groups, I would say, connect with uh, the group that you want to aspire to be like and then also connect with a group that you can help, like you can provide them value and service. Um, And then the other thing I would suggest for an abundant life is to really work on your relationships uh, if you've got kids, but this works with everybody, i found. Um, it's another uh, little aphorism, but connect before you correct. The more you invest in a relationship and develop a, a level of trust with the person that you are um, communicating with, be that your, your children, your spouse, your coworkers, your uh, employees or employer, the more that you can connect and develop a level of trust then when you run into some challenges in the future, it's easier for you to correct those problems. And then I would encourage people to, to drive deeper instead of wider all the time. Um, you know, the strength of a structure is found in the stability of its foundation. And so as we strengthen our foundation, drive that a little deeper, and you can um, frame this up any way you want. You can do it from a position of value and character, values and character, or you can do it from a position of your spiritual walk, whatever you want. You want to strengthen your foundation so that you can build that structure bigger and, and taller.
0: Yeah, excellent. I love it. What daily habits make the biggest impact in your life?
1: You know, for me, uh, one is using a calendar, but the biggest, the biggest one is really meditation. I take 10 minutes three times a day right when i wake up middle of the day and at night and i spend 10 minutes of complete quiet time with myself and as few thoughts as possible um and that is probably the the most powerful tool i have for myself and it's maybe the most powerful suggestion i could make to anybody else because it helps you create space in your mind um so that you're not reacting or overreacting to situations, it helps you to just um, kind of let go, as you mentioned earlier, of things that are not important.
0: I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm glad you clarified that specifically uh, what you do in your meditation, because there's so many different types of med- meditation, and some people kind of look at it as the yogi sitting on the cliffside, you know, right. uh, legs crossed and whatnot. But I do the same; I do basically the same thing you do. I sit in my recliner. I usually do have my little morning routine. I get my stuff ready. Got to take care of the animals because they won't let me relax until they're fed, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. <clears throat> and I'm up at 4.30 in the morning, and I just sit there in the chair and just in, in quiet before I even pick up my journals because I journal every morning too. And that's how mm-hmm. I clear my head. I just put everything on paper, and then it's out of my head, and I know I can don't have to think about it all day. I know I got it. If I need to go back to it, I'll go back to it in my journal. But, um, I, yeah, I just sit there in, in total silence and... Try to just get out of my head and just clear my head. I love that you clarified that in that way. What book would you recommend to our abundant leaders and why?
1: You know, Extreme Ownership is a book I read, I don't know, several months ago. And the reason you want to read that book is you, you really learn that in taking responsibility absolutely for everything that's going on in my life is the one guaranteed way of affecting change. Because now I'm not blaming anybody. Now um, there's no excuses anymore. It's really, I gotta own it all. If it's gonna be, it's up to me. But I own it from start to finish. And I own the plans, I own the actions, and I own the outcomes. And it's a powerful book. Um, I would suggest for anybody to read, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and that's by um, what is his name? Uh, we Jocko Jocko Jocko. Yeah, uh, Navy Seal, right? Willink. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I've I've, he- he- I've heard that one. I've actually got it on my list of a book to get a hold of, uh, and because been, it's been recommended. Actually, a high school friend of mine just recently recommended that book to me, and actually recommended him to get on the show. So I'm in the process of trying to get in contact with him as well. But yeah, definitely, I'll have that yeah. book listed in the show notes along with uh, the links and everything.
1: Yeah, great. It's an excellent book, worth every minute.
0: Perfect. So, what does living a life of abundance mean to you?
1: You know, living a life of abundance to me is having enough margin in your life to invest in the people around you. You know, if I and I've done this before, been so caught up with work. And creating maybe some financial abundance that I forgot to create abundance in my relationships with my family and or even my friends or my extended family you know siblings and or parents so um, managing your life so that you create enough margin so that you can actually invest in those relationships because when you come to the end of your life nothing I nothing else is going to matter except the people around your bedside who are there because you actually had invested in them and you developed a a bond and a relationship that will live on beyond you. So like everything that you lived for, they can carry on and do more good in the world. But um, if we're not creating enough space, enough margin that we can have the time and the energy for those relationships. And I think we're doing ourselves and future generations a disservice.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, I love that. What do you think holds most people back from living a life of abundance?
1: Uh, misplaced thoughts and mentally. You know, like a, a this thought that there's scarcity in this world, that there's not enough, that I'm not good enough, that, you know, there's something wrong with me and I can't go ahead and pursue this these dreams I have. And they don't have to be centered around finances necessarily but any dream that I have thinking that there's this lack in the world um, I, I think that's like a real deal killer because again if I believe there's lack then there's no hope and if there's no hope then I don't take action and I think if we turn that thing on its head and start looking at the world as a place of possibility that abundance does exist and certainly if somebody else is pursuing that and getting results that if I take similar action, I can get similar results and have that abundance in my life. Whether it's an abundance of health, an abundance of love, an abundance of finances, abundance of relationships. doesn't matter. It works everywhere.
0: Yeah, excellent. I appreciate you sharing that. I agree. So we're going to close this up, Mark. I really appreciate your time. And before we let you go, I'd love for you to leave us with any parting piece of guidance and any way that we can get a hold of you and eventually that book that you have coming out.
1: Yeah, you bet. So if uh, listeners want to go to com, that's M-A-R-K-G-O-B-L-O-W-S-K-Y um, slash, or sorry, com slash Wally, and um, I will send you guys an infographic of the seven principles that I live by that help have helped me get through the many struggles that I've experienced in my own life uh, i'd love to share that with you guys and you know i just say keep putting one foot in front of the other but make sure you're pointed in the right direction
0: yeah i really appreciate that that's really abundant of you to share that uh link with us and i'll have that link in the show notes so you guys don't have to write it down i know you're out driving or working out or whatever and that'll be it menofabundance.com and uh, you can go there and all the show notes and any of the links that we talked about will be there in the show notes complete with timestamps. That's really cool. It's got these timestamps in my show notes so if you want to go to any point of the conversation that Mark and I just had you just click on that timestamp it'll Time travel you directly to that when you're on the website at menofabundance.com and the podcast is so Mark again truly appreciate it. I love this conversation. Thank you again for sharing your kick in the gut moment and everything else with us. It's been greatly beneficial to me, and I know it has to our abundant leaders as well.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Wally. I really appreciate this opportunity.
0: Yeah, my pleasure, brother. Take care and uh, go on and live your life of abundance.
1: will do. Thank you.
0: So man, obviously there was quite a bit to take out of that conversation. Number one, how he dealt with his son and the whole situation from the very beginning. You know, it was hard enough dealing with the accident itself and then it was a hit and run on top of that. Tons of emotions and then he had to deal with the doctors telling him stuff that he just refused to believe as far as the health and the future of his son. And then, of course, continuing to raise his son and nurture his son so that he can live the most comfortable and the best life that he possibly can. And then, of course, my goodness, dealing with the emotions of thinking that you might be able to confront the individual who did this to any one of your family members. So here's what I would ask of you today. Go out right now, right this minute, stop what you're doing Call your family members if they're not close to you. The ones that are close to you, grab them, hug them. Go out and spend some time with them because you just never know if anything's gonna happen to you, to one of your family members. And it's just not worth it to not love them unconditionally as much as you possibly can right this minute. You know, I can't speak for you, but when somebody asks me what kind of legacy do I wanna leave behind when I'm gone, It's not money, it's not property, it's not anything like that. Sure, all that stuff is nice and great, but the legacy that I wanna leave behind are the memories. And I wanna leave behind the memories that I was there. I wanna leave behind the memories that I was there for the people that mean the most to me, when they needed me the most. That's what's important to me. I don't know if that's important to you or not. If it is, I commend you. If not, I can't judge either way. I just know that I want you